We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 118. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I'm Shara. And this is the Skywater Central episode. I bet you can't figure out why I called it Skywater Central, can you? It's raining cats and dogs. (laughs) So you're telling me the Ozarks is the central of the rain? Well, yeah, that's a big area. It, the, have you have, have you seen that map from the Weather Prediction Center of all the reds and the Well, I looked at it yesterday. And, I looked at it yesterday and it it looked like it had a little duck in the purple. It was really yeah. strange how it did that. But I have not looked today. Uh, well, there are ducks out there on the water. There are and and uh actually I looked at radar right before we started and there is a ton of showers. Headed this way. No thunder. I don't see any lightning strikes. It's just showers. No, it's been a quiet rain all day. I saw some lightning in southern Kansas earlier. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Um, yeah, we're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, we're going to talk about the, the water in a minute, but I wanted to start the day. Uh, Mother's Day was yesterday. So happy Mother's Day, Shara. Thank you. Yes. What'd you do? Um, nothing, which there you is go. How I like it. <laughs> That's perfect. I like to do nothing. That's like been my dream for years. I used to ask every year if I could just have a whole day to sit and do nothing. Yeah. All day. And every year, Corey wants to spoil me and take me places and do things. And I finally convinced him last year I truly just want to sit home. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, and her Mother's Day present didn't come in. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ordered, ordered it. it but... Is it still a surprise? April, I ordered it on April 10th. No, I knew what it was. April 10th and May yeah. 10th? It's not even here? It was guaranteed delivery by Mother's Day, too. And it's still not even oh, here. Oh, I'd want my money. So I had, to, I had to run out and get her a reserve Mother's Day gift so she would have something. Oh, man. And then. And then, funny story. And it's not supposed to get here until Friday. So he sends the kids into the bathroom to wrap the gift with yes. the wrapping paper and the tape that he bought from the dollar store, mm-hmm. thinking he was buying like this iridescent. I thought it was a foil foil, foil, type foil paper. Paper, really pretty paper, and the kids come out of the bathroom like, "Dad, it's see through. It's clear paper." <laughs> It was like that cellophane wrap that you put over like gift baskets oh, or something. It was yeah. literally just clear. Last time I buy wrapping paper at the dollar store. Well, it said cello wrap on it. Cello, but... well, like cellophane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, that's hysterical. Oh man. So, but you got you got what you wanted. You just wanted to sit and do nothing all day. Well, and we tried to order food. So this is when it gets worse. Oh god. I get to pick whatever I want to eat, and they will go pick it up or deliver it, whatever. 
I didn't want to go anywhere yet. Like I could have went somewhere, but I'm still not ready to go into a restaurant with all the kids. So I want Olive Garden. We spent an hour on the Olive Garden website and we finally start ordering and everything we want is not available. Everyone has a limited menu. We tried three different places. We even ordered from Famous Dave's and I get a text message when money comes out of my card. So I get the text message that the money went through and then like five minutes later and I told him, I said, why do I have a bad feeling that this is not going to happen? Five minutes later, I get a text that it was deposited back into my account. Oh, and they no. had turned our order down. Oh, no. Three different places we tried to order. And I finally was like, okay, it's almost 2 o'clock. I don't even care at this point. Just feed the kids. Feed the kids. Make me a sandwich. Let me do nothing the rest of the day. Right. I was so mad. I'm like, we'll do it another day. I'll get Olive Garden another day. Oh, but my gosh. People well, are like, the restaurants are open, but they're still not at their full menus yet. Well, that's and what I was going to ask. It's like when they do partial menu, I mean, do... do People don't go inside the restaurant, right? It's only like curbside. Well, right now they, they are. are open though. Well, now I mean we just and so open. That's I think they were subject. so I think they were so busy for Mother's Day that uh, a lot of them had their DoorDash even turned off. Like okay. they weren't even available to order. We were going to have to go pick up Olive Garden. We were just going to order it and go pick it up, but like nothing oh, was available. No, I, that, that's the thing about this town. I mean, it. I mean, it's the pandemic. Normally, I mean, it's just buzzing. You could get anything you oh, want right. or whatever. It would have been no big deal. And that that's the thing about Springfield, too. I mean, I, I guess it's the whole state is starting to open up now. It's not just Branson, but is it the whole state? It, yeah. it is. It's the whole state. It's the show me, not the show me challenge, but the show me uh, initiative. Or, yeah. It's reopen it's Missouri. It's the governor's oh, thing. And the governor's that's thing. what everybody's They're doing. slowly reopening. Well, normally I would go up to my mother. My mother and I have this uh, dilemma. <clears throat> I love taking her to the Texas Roadhouse, but I can't remember mm. if it's Mother's Day or her birthday. And she and I have different opinions on which day it is and i i think it's mother's day but of course we couldn't go yesterday i did not go but i'm going to go wednesday because she needed some gum and she can't find it up there so i'm getting her gum down here and making her a loaf of bread kind of special gum does she get that can't find it well it's free dent spearmint gum but they don't have it at walmart and she's you know she's older than me and so she doesn't go around town and try to look for it so i found uh-huh. it at harder house and i know the gals down there like courtney and i say courtney i need a box of you know free dance spearmint for mom she goes okay i'll order it. it'll be here blah 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 so and then i go pick it up and then i take it to mom so and that lasts her like six months so i'm going to go on yeah. wednesday to celebrate mother's day we're not going to the texas road house even though i love the texas road house because until this covid thing gets you know, I'm so afraid. Okay, now I want to circle back around to Branson is opening. Our theater, the Hughes Brothers Theater, the last I knew, we are opening on the 21st, which is next week, I think Thursday. Now, one by one, theaters are starting to open up in Branson. I'm with not limited seating. So. Well, well, yeah, yeah. It's like they're going to sell every other row, and they're going to sell several seats between people. And what my theater is doing, we're going to do a a dramatically reduced show, which is an hour and 20 minutes with no intermission. And what that is going to do is prevent bottlenecks at the bathroom. So if you need to go to the bathroom during the show, just go and then come back, blah, blah, blah. 
I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how the other theaters are going to do it. Not all of them are opening. I've heard several of them doing the same thing. The same, talking really? about doing just a reduced show to where, yeah, everybody's not all in the same place at one time. Okay, that's good, because I, I wasn't sure about what the other theaters were going to do. But I think Americana was the first thing. We're opening blah, the 15th or whatever. And then, right. you know, if one theater does it. Our son works it, for the track. And they open the twenty second. Oh, really? That, that that's right. You told me that. Yeah. So they're yeah, opening they came back, back up. Wow. And well, I, they had extra training. He had to go in the other day for training. They are doing hyper cleaning, and they all have masks that they bought them, and all this kind of stuff. So good, good. And i I think I think the band. We're, I think we're good. Uh, because uh, I don't think the Hughes, uh, definitely the people in the show are not going to go in the audience. Uh, l- before, we would go down in the audience, you know, with, on certain songs and just, you know, engage everybody or whatever. Not doing that anymore. The Hughes brothers, I don't think they're going to go down and talk to people one-on-one. I mean, they may do it from the stage, which I think is great because you're still getting the one-on-one. You're getting the live. And for us in the band, we go and play our show and then we go home which is really nothing different than what we normally do anyway. So I think I'm the band's going to be fine. And if people just take precautions and know what you're doing and not get stupid, I think this could be okay, but I'm still which not. Which is why I'm waiting. Like yeah. we, I want to hang out and see what it's going to happen. What's going to happen? Like yeah. we've had a lot of people traveling. We've had a lot of tourists here. Over the last week, I've had several friends from Oklahoma that have traveled here. So I'm waiting to see what the numbers do Man. before I'm ready to go out and eat. And But it'll take two or three weeks for that to yeah. catch up. Right. Which is what I'm saying. I'm going to stick it at home for a little bit longer. Well, and I so. check the Taney County Health Department daily to see how many positive COVID we have, how many have recovered, blah, blah, blah. And so far, we've only had 12. And I'm so afraid that we're going to get all this outside influence coming in, which I welcome people coming in, but I don't want us to become a hot spot. That's what I'm afraid of. Because that, that honestly, we don't have the resources to handle a no. massive outbreak like what New York City had. Oh my gosh, no. No. And then and then we're gonna have to be back where we were two weeks ago and everybody shut down and not doing anywhere. Well happy Mother's Day. Uh thanks. <laughs> It was a good day anyway. Yeah. I, but, you know, I have one question, kind of segueing, uh, diverting to weather. Uh, can we just not frost anymore this month? I mean. I'm done with cold. Really, like totally done. It never got out of the 40s at my weather station at my house. This is almost the middle of May. We should be, the the 40s is lower than the low, the normal low yeah. we should have. Could My we... heat and air is very confused right now. It's <laughs> off and on and off and on. And... I mean, frost advisory, frost. I mean, and people are asking me, my friends are asking me, of course, you know, people know us here in Branson. They're like, you know, do I have to cover my tomatoes tonight? It's like, well, I don't think so. I think we're probably done with this. And here comes another, what, what I've seen, they say polar vortex. I hate that term. It's a cold chunk. That's what I'm going to call it. Cold chunk right. come down. And tomorrow, what is it, Corey? Tomorrow, we're going to still be around 50? I haven't checked lately. It's going to be about the same. I mean... Yeah, and my kids are used to just being able to go outside. And, like, today it was raining, but it wasn't lightning, so they are ready to go out and play in it. And I'm like, dude, it's cold out there. And they came back, like, two seconds. They're like, oh, we're fine. And then, like, three minutes later, they're all coming back in, like, it's freezing out there. Oh, I know. I know. But the good thing is... 
<clears throat> and this is what is really fascinating about May, and we're going to kind of expound on this. This week, like today, Monday through Friday and Saturday, is going to be the wildest temperature swing we've had in you a while. You mean roller coaster? Roller coaster, a thermal roller coaster. The high today, I mean, it might have made 50. Uh, tomorrow, the high 50. But Wednesday, a boundary is going to lift up, and we're going to get an open door from the Gulf of Mexico, which is nice and loaded with warmth and moisture. And the high Wednesday is going to be in the 70s, 20-plus degrees warmer. And by the weekend, we're going to be even 10 degrees back in the 80s. You know. Well, you said you were going to see your mom on Wednesday. Yeah. We're going to visit our moms in Oklahoma on Friday. Ah. So bring on the good weather. Yes, and we're well. <laughs> we're gonna be. I have a feeling it's not gonna be uh, be great weather for sure. No, I just have that feeling. Above freezing would be nice. Well, well it will be that. Oh, definitely above freezing. I mean, we're not gonna worry about frost we're gonna anymore. We're gonna do a big. Uh, we're gonna do a big drag main. Oh, in it, Miami. Like, did your like did your town do that when you were growing up? Like, that was the big thing on Friday nights, Saturday nights. You went and drag Maine. Carney Street, Carney Street on so, north side of town. Yeah. <laughs> they decided to do that during this whole pandemic, since people couldn't get out and do things. They were like, "Let's have an old fashioned drag Maine night," because nobody does that anymore. It got right. outlawed or whatever. So yeah. a few weeks ago, they did it to where everybody had to stay in their own cars. Honk and wave and have fun like you did in the olden days. And it was packed. Everybody loved it. it oh, my God. It was a huge turnout. <laughs> so by popular demand, they're like, let's do it again. So they're doing it again this Friday night. And our kids have no idea what we're talking about when we say we used to drag Maine. So even, we're going to go drag Maine on Friday. Even Grayson? Yeah. I mean, he's 18. He, what, they wow. didn't do those things. Oh, my God. It stopped when I was in high school. A lot wow. of years ago. Well, I went to Hillcrest High School, which is the northernmost high school in Springfield, off off of Grant Street. Grant, and I remember on Carney Street, they they do the drag thing, and you know everybody would, it would roll take their you eyes. hours to get you know four or five blocks. <laughs> well, I know, <laughs> and it was loud. It was. It I don't was know if yours was loud, down, but ours was loud. It was dying down my junior senior year. It was really starting to die down. I mean, it was still a big thing then, but over the next couple of years, too many rules. It was and... much bigger when our parents were teenagers. Oh, right. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. And my, I'm much older than you guys. I'm like 15 years, I think, older than you guys. So I got this that was before, you. you know, this was before rules and people just rode in the back of trucks and rode on the hoods of cars. and Yeah. And nobody got hurt. And, we and everybody were fine. was having fun. Yeah. Everybody was fine. <laughs> nobody was eating dirt <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I mean that's wonderful. But I got maybe dragon rain in the dragon main in the rain. Oh, hey, gosh. we're gonna be in our car. That's fine. Well, if you're in Northeast Oklahoma, the latest graphic I saw, four to six inches, maybe. I mean, models are really honing in on that. So the river's gonna flood, and everybody'll be out spoon billing. <laughs> you know what that is? Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> fun to watch. But, the river but, has to roll for for the spoon. Has bill. to be rolling. Gosh, but I can't. But when the when it floods, I mean it. You're you're locked in town, right? You can't get out. When the river, not, well, not, not good, that flooded. It just has it's to be not high. Gonna flood that. Much. It just has to be high. It might flood. Who knows? I mean, well, if you get six I'm inches, at, 
Let's take a look at the uh, Weather Prediction Center right now. It'll just be out of its banks. The the, the heavy rain has kind of shifted into uh, Missouri a little bit. Oh, really? Let me check. Okay, go ahead and talk. We're kind of on the line of the... Four to five. I'm seeing up north of Joplin, five to seven. Maybe. Oh my gosh! I just checked. Yes. Yeah, that, that's so, an easy five to seven, like uh, Nevada. Yeah, Lamar. Uh, that's you know could be interesting. You don't really want to see that, but there no, it is. You're you're right. It has shifted because now the focus is is more. Just, I mean, it's only shifted maybe what thirty miles, forty miles maybe right. uh but yeah it's more in missouri now which is not good and then somebody was asking me today uh they said oh is this is this going to be a flood where they're going to open up all 10 gates of the of radar and blah 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 and i said well here's the thing with this one it's it's going to come slowly but persist consistently because the the uh, afd this forecast discussion that the national weather service put out yesterday talked about at least five complexes of rain moving in at least five and that's through saturday and there could be probably more than that because now i'm seeing the forecast for sunday which is the seven day and they're calling for showers and thunderstorms there so uh i'm going to go back right now because i can and i'm on the podcast to see uh what the latest if it says uh okay it doesn't give the the full week but it's saying uh for Branson, oh, okay, so Joplin to West Plains. Now, this is probably like the next 24 hours, two to three inches. Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, yeah, through Wednesday morning, through Wednesday yeah. morning, two to three inches, and that's just one or two rounds. This is just Wednesday. We're not talking. Now, Thursday, we might get a break, but another round's coming Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, and it's just going to keep going. I do want to bring up the thing, and I'm sure you, you <laughs> Corey and I haven't talked about this too much, but uh, Storm Prediction Center has been kind of targeting central Kansas, central Oklahoma for a few days yeah. now. What do you think about that? Oh, I think uh, they're due for sure. I mean, it's mid-May. Something's going to happen. Yeah, and and on Wednesday, we're going to get that huge influx, and that's probably why uh, we're, we're getting that, because we're going to be on that that eastern side of the system and that's when the front is going to lift and that's when the uh the gulf is going to open up and just bring us all sorts of stuff in here so uh i've been hearing talk they said may like the afd said we're gonna have to watch for maybe a severe level storm maybe but they're not looking at widespread severe weather so i'm anxious to see the next day three tomorrow and see if they're going to target anything over this way and i'm even more interested in seeing what happens next week oh yeah so what you got yeah, over there's, there uh, there's some hints that uh things are going to be picking up uh in the severe weather department in the midwest Ooh. some longer range stuff out there the urtaf the extended range tornado activity forecast came out uh I think yesterday it has the entire state of Missouri in the in the red part of the. Oh, part. really? But it's basically the entire Midwest. But there, uh, all signs are pointing to a large scale pattern flip that will promote warm, moist, unstable air residing across much of the country for the second half of the month. Which oh. We all kind of thought was going to happen. Didn't you talk about that last week, like a back, 
backloaded. Backloaded May, a tornado season in May, yeah. So now other people are really starting to talk about that, too. Wow. Well, if we keep these warm temperatures, I mean— we're not going to get this if we're going to have highs in the in the in the forties and fifties. But uh, I don't know. I've, I've been checking the GFS and GF. You know, longer range, you, do, you you can't lock on it. So I'm not even going to talk about the GFS. But I just I just keep looking at it and say, eh, what's going to go on? Wow. Um, I did see a, uh, a another thing from what happened Monday. I mean, we did the podcast last week on Sunday because we were thinking. There's going to be this big, severe weather outbreak on Monday, and actually, it was pretty interesting on Monday. Um, is, yeah. is that where that— The whole uh, day. It was weird. The whole was day just, was busy, really, for Yeah, we, we started—oh, uh, gosh, were you? Because, you know, if anybody listening watches our site, when uh, the warnings come out, that's Corey. Corey's posting that. You do a great job. You're just on it. You get it on your phone. We get the graphic within, like— Sometimes within 60 seconds, I mean, you, you've got it out there. Um, his phone and his computer, like on warning days, mm-hmm. I just, I can sit there and hear his phone. It it gives him an alert every time the National Weather Service sends down something, and he's on it. Like, he's sitting there and waiting, and every time he gets oh, an alert, Oh, it's great. Well, we woke it. up to, you know, severe weather coming in, and, and uh, that's kind of, uh, it turned into a derecho that hit, you know Lebanon and all that, and it caused a bunch of wind damage up there to churches and schools. And that's a thing in Southeast Kansas, wasn't it? It started there, yeah. Wow. Well, I just I got this thing. I I wanted to. Uh, you you can see that. Let's see where can you, it's. I'm not sure we can. We may need to post this because I don't know. Um, that where where this whole thing on May 4th, which was last Monday, uh, we had like a wind event, like a derecho. Oh, I should have. I haven't done that weather school for derecho. I need to do that. Uh, a derecho is just a very, very long-lived, high-wind, supercellular structure that just sweeps hundreds of miles. And Multi-state. I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking. Uh, Topeka is looks where it started. It dived southeast to right, just east of Springfield. Went into southeast Missouri. Through Tennessee, uh, straddled the Tennessee-Mississippi uh, line, went through northern Alabama into South Carolina, and basically stopped at Charlotte. So if you're talking about Topeka, Kansas, to Charlotte, South Carolina, is this, where is that, Charlotte, yeah, North, North Carolina? or No, yeah. Yeah, North Carolina, okay. There's, there's W's in the way. <laughs> it's really the wind report, so I'm seeing all these W's on here. I can't see which, where it's at. Yeah, Charlotte, uh North Carolina, that's a multi-state wind event. And and all these W's on here are winds in excess of 60 mile an hour. Because we were having that severe thunderstorm watch and that tornado watch where they were saying possible 80 mile an hour wind gusts out of this thing. Crazy. And it seems like that was the cycle. It has been the cycle for a month now. We've had several of those type storms come through. Uh, we have had yes, I totally. I mean, is this like the third or fourth one that's, that's done that? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I don't know what this the atmospheric setup is. I don't know if there's anything special going on. Uh, I don't know if it's the Lord smog. I don't know if it's the whole closing up in the Arctic and the ozone. I don't know what all this is. But usually, we'll have a derecho maybe once a year, and it'll be like a big thing. And now we're just all these wind events. Well, and the hail. 
we've had a lot more hail events around here. We, sure. We've had before. Yeah, that same graphic. I mean, hail was accompanying a lot of that in Kansas into Missouri, and then it turned into pretty much, I mean, it had hail, but more of a wind event. We were getting tennis ball-sized hail, two-inch hail all over the place. We had, you know, we talked about last week, we talked about that huge hail on Fruit Farm Road on Sunday, and then yeah. this other swath of hail. I mean, the weather's going just nuts, I think. Well, we haven't had the we haven't had a lot of tornado reports around here, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that continues. Uh, but I say that, and, and here we are going into, you know, the, the, the back end of Bay. Of, <laughs> and generally, this is the prime tornado time every year. You know, the starting, you know, May 18th through June 1st. You know, Joplin happened oh, yeah. in that time period. There's, you know, several. Yeah, that third week of May, man, that that's that's like peak right around in here. And the good thing, um, well, it may not be a good thing for Corey, but uh, if we're going to go back on stage, there's going to be a certain <laughs> chunk of the day I'm not going to be able to play weather until I get home. So Corey's going to be all you if I'm back on stage. But it'll be a shorter time. You know, I'm not going to be gone four hours now. I'm going to be gone oh, we'll if we do an hour and a half, hour and 20-minute show, which is, what, 80 minutes? That's not that long. And then we're done after that. You know, I could be home. Well, we only have to worry about, you know, the Facebook page getting the warnings and the information and the updated radar images. Now, our website's completely, you know, it basically pops up as in the instant that it's issued Yes. On both the radar and on top of the page. So, you know, that's a good place to go. for And for, push our Twitter. What is the Twitter thing? Twitter StormDarWarn Storm is, is where our... Uh, the, At StormDarWarn. Not StormWarn. It's StormDarWarn. No, right? StormDarWarn. W-A-R-N. Is, okay. Yeah. Is where the... Uh, it's just... We don't post anything on that feed except for the warnings. Yeah. So if, So if you're on Twitter... Excuse me, and you subscribe to that. And uh, Corey, explain to everybody what it is. It the warnings for just Southwest Missouri, Northeast Oklahoma. Where, how far out does that warning thing go? Or anyone in our area, our Stormdar forecast area, which encompasses Southeast Kansas, select uh, counties in Northeast Oklahoma, Northwest Arkansas, because we have to know kind of what's headed our way, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 because everything's coming from that west and southwest. Uh, So northeast Oklahoma definitely need to to know what's going on there. Um, And uh, let me see. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, Oh, and uh, how do you like that uh, Know Your County? I thought the little uh, Stormdar Miniature Weather School Know Your County, we're getting some response out of that. People know what their counties are, but not everybody. We've had a couple of misfires. (laughs) It's not that people don't know the county they live in, but they also need to know the counties that surround them, especially in weather coverage. And when they know, which they hear if they hear there's them. a tornado warning in Webster County, they need to know whether or not they need to think about taking cover in the next thirty minutes to an hour, or whether it's past them. Or yeah. which end of the county you live in. Counties can be really big. Oh yes, I've had that happen where there's a tornado warning on the other side of the county, and it's headed away from us, and it's not affecting us. So. Uh, that's happened to to Taney before. I mean, it, it, the, right. I remember oh, that. several times. Yeah, just a little sliver. I mean, way north, just like the corner of northeast uh, Taney County. But of course, they do the whole 
warn the whole county. So then we have to get on there and say, okay, no, no, no. And we explain, we show the graphic, say Branson is okay, you know, or not, you know, we'll, we'll let you know. But if it's that little sliver, it's like, we're okay. And yes, we know your warning is going off because the whole county's warning. Like five miles. It could be a five-mile little corner of the county. But well, the just whole think if, be- if, if, just think two, just if we were two counties to our, our east over uh, in Howell County, West Plains. Now, Howell County is the largest county by area in the state of Missouri. Oh, really? Okay. So you could have, you know, the northern chunk under a tornado warning and you know the southern half just fine but you know all their phones are going to be going off no matter what you know yeah and and that's good that's good weather radios your phones need to take cover need to know you know if your weather radio goes off know what's going on just don't just don't freak out and do nothing i mean for, you know take that cover means for an hour and a half when you don't even need to yeah, it's like just just get your information. See why why is your weather radio going off? Is it an ice storm warning? Is it a flood warning? Is it a tornado warning? You know. So, uh, and speaking of the cool weather, uh, I see. And you texted me earlier tonight. Uh, Springfield set a record low maximum today. And what we mean by that, the maximum temperature is the high for the day. Well, we've had a record low high temperature today which i think is interesting uh it only got to 50 degrees in springfield and the old record was 53 in 1931 so <laughs> it's cold i'm tired can we like well, not joplin do this? only made it to 48 degrees joplin and only got to said, 48 they wow. also said a, a minimum high temperature uh they they broke their record from uh 1950 46 when it was 56 degrees so they they blew it out of the water that record this cold chunk is really taking a, a toll on everybody <laughs> and rolla this morning they they posted a, a daily record low temperature at uh 35 degrees the old oh, record okay. was 36 in 1952 oh so they got really cold then for the they overnight got chilly up they That's got chilly of, up there kind of, it got chilly Kind of, kind of frosty. I mean, you you can get frost formation at 35, 36 if you're in the that right position, or whatever. Tulsa and Fayetteville also set a record minimum highs today. So I, I I'm bound to say a lot of areas haven't seen this cold of high temperature for today. You know, ever or since we've been keeping uh, right records. in like ni- since 1988 or, or 1888 or something yeah right. this, this is march weather this is not may weather this is march weather i don't like it it, it needs to you know i can't wait for wednesday when we're like gonna zerp back up there or whatever well i think it's time to get to the next segment the storm dar bird watching report it is the Stormdar Weather Bird Watching Report. Now, I've got to say, um, uh, my my mother, the Stormdar Weather Bird Watching Ambassador, uh, doesn't really have a lot to to uh, mention on the bird front. Do you have anything, Corey, on the bird front? Because I got something special. Um, I have a lot of hummingbirds. We only have hummingbird feeders, but they have been busy. Like seven or eight at a time. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I think they happens. know when uh, Henry's off on a, I don't know what Henry's off when he's doing, scavenging but <laughs> they like all show up at once. They're like, he's gone. <laughs> I think that, yeah, yeah, get Henry, Henry the jerk out of there or whatever. It's always right before uh, 
right as the sun goes down is when I get the most. Oh, okay. I yeah, because I I think my they mom gotta was get out there warm for it. the night. It's so cold at night. They got to stock up on food to stay warm for the night. <sighs> I know. Get they that energy go, going. They can only go so many hours without nectar. I think three or four. Do they sleep? I I assume. I would assume they. Well, would I would sleep. maybe yeah. store it up somehow because you know they have to store it up for their long journey when they mig- migrate. <gasps> That's true. That's true. Well, you know, I have got and found some very much fun facts on hummingbirds that I want to share with everybody. Um, <clears throat> so, okay, the first one is a quiz. All right. And uh, I did not send this list to Corey and Shara, so it's just the first question. A flock of hummingbirds is called what? Well, you got to give me multiple choice. As I say, I've never even no. looked that up. Well, it's I... just one. Yeah, I know. It's called it's a, a charm. A charm. I think I've heard that before. I, I think yeah. I heard that because I probably read the same article you did this week. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you probably did. Yeah. A fl- flock of humming- hummingbirds is called a charm. Okay, number two. Male hummingbirds return first to breeding grounds as they establish territory, which we knew that. Uh, number three. Females follow how to uh, no. Females follow to prepare a nest or fix up their previously used nest. So I guess they come back to their nest, their own nest they made the year before. Cool. I guess. I guess. Uh, That's what I've four. always heard that they come back to the same place. Like if you had a hummingbird one year, then like we we named him Henry, and I swear it's mm-hmm. the same Henry every year. Yeah. Let me see. I think that's number. Wait a minute. I don't know which one. Anyway, <laughs> I'm looking at my list here. Well, okay, so number four, many times a female makes more than one nest as a decoy to keep her eggs and hatchlings safe from predators. I thought that was smart. I have heard that, too. Really? Birds are smart. How about this? Hummingbirds cannot walk. I did not know that. I did not know that. <laughs> a hummingbird can hear high-pitched sounds, uh, more than we can, and they can hear tiny differences that our ears just simply can't detect. Which we knew that. Uh, hummingbird vision can see things into the ultraviolet range and are especially attracted to the color red. So that's probably why those hummingbird feeders are are red. That I knew. Or people, you know, they, they mistakenly want to color their nectar red, which don't do that. Nope. You um, just need the flowers. Uh, number eight. Hummingbirds migrate in response to a changing length of daylight, so it's not necessary not necessary to stop feeding them to force them to go south. So just leave your hummingbird feeder out there until they decide, okay, it's done. Uh, number nine: When a hummingbird fir- when the hummingbirds first return, they look for trees with broken branches that will drop sweet sap, providing just what they need. Place a nectar feeder out early in the spring, and the hummingbirds will find it very quickly. And the last one, which is what you were saying, Shara, hummingbirds are very intelligent and are able to remember places and individual people from one year to the next, including where you put your feeders, a built-in GPS. So, yeah, they remember you. So... That would be why a lot of us that have had our feeders out for a couple of weeks have had birds for a while. And then I had other friends that put their feeders out maybe a week or two later, not extremely. And they were not seeing any birds until just like a couple of days ago. Because they got remember first... you guys, I guess. Well, it's like they it's whoever had them out first. That's where they kind of camped out and made their home. And then now they're just now starting to see the other ones. 
Yeah, because because that that's what this is like. Put them out early in the spring, and I think that's what you guys did. And and we had a friend of ours that was getting discouraged because she put out brand new hummingbird feeders, and she said her neighbors, like in the that she share the backyard with, you know, she said their hummingbird is Grand Central Station, and there's tons of birds at it, and she's like, not one has come <laughs> to my feeder, but they had put theirs out a little bit before her, so. Uh, she finally yeah. started getting some. Yep, yep. They're they're gonna find. Well, they're hungry, like you said, Corey. They're they they their wings flap at six thousand miles an hour. They got to have that that nectar and stuff. Or maybe they didn't do the nectar right. Who knows? So anyway, there's some fun facts about hummingbirds. And I got to tell you, I have had one big long allergy attack all day long, and I took a pill this morning. And I was telling, telling Marilyn, Marilyn was using my studio. My studio, we need to make a big, when I get the podcast table and clean this up, we need to make a huge reveal of my new studio. I keep talking about it, but I got to get the podcast table here. But regardless, I digress. Uh, been sneezing all day. Don't know why. So I think it's time to get to the pollen report. So the pollen report from pollen.com for the Branson area, which I think is very interesting. They had about medium high for today. Um, not bad. But Tuesday I thought was very interesting. Tuesday, which is tomorrow, uh, low at a 1 out of 12. So I should be fine tomorrow. And that's probably because it's going to rain all freaking day tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday, right. it goes back up, I think, with the warm weather to medium high to 7.9. And Thursday, we're in the high category, 11.4. And Friday is medium high at 9, 9.4. And the predominant pollens are mulberry, oak, and walnut. So I guess those walnut things are getting back out. You got trees where you guys are at? I mean, specific trees? That's where the hummingbirds live. Yeah, oh, not like oh, okay. huge ones, but it's yeah. wooded around us. Oh, see, that's cool. And you guys aren't suffering from allergies? Are you uh, really? We've been good. We're not big sufferers. Well, that's true. Well, you've been out to my place. There's woods all around me. <laughs> big, I used big to thing. when I was younger, but yeah, I I don't know. Since we've lived in Branson, I really haven't had allergy issues like I did in Oklahoma. Well, that's good. That's good. And I, I, I may have to start using Flonase again. I don't know. Because that's going to, if I have allergies, it's going to dig into my disc golf time. So, well, we talked about Wednesday. The Storm Prediction Center is, um, excuse me, painting a slight risk for Kansas and Oklahoma. And we look at the mesoanalysis maps in the Storm Prediction Center to see what type of energy is there. And we call that CAPE, C-A-P-E. And this week's weather school is all about CAPE, the different kinds of CAPE, and what it means, and what you can look for to see if severe weather's coming. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. The Storm Prediction Center has just forecasted the potential for severe thunderstorms this afternoon with very high CAPE values across the region. What's CAPE?
tape or convective available potential energy is a measure of the amount of energy available for convection to occur. Cape is directly related to the maximum potential vertical speed within an updraft, thus higher values indicate a greater potential for severe weather. Cape is measured in joules per kilogram. Observed values in thunderstorm environments often may exceed 1,000, and in extreme cases may exceed 5,000. However, as with other indices or indicators, there are no threshold values above which severe weather becomes imminent. There are different types of CAPE us weather guys use in order to see the volatility of the atmosphere. Now, before we get into explanations of CAPE, let's define some terminology we'll use in these descriptions. We measure distance in the atmosphere by millibars, or pressure. Due to gravity, the greatest pressure is at the surface, and it will decrease as we go upward. For a general reference, a thousand millibars is basically the surface pressure, and a hundred millibars, which is much less pressure, would be near the top of the atmosphere. So basically, the greater the number, the closer to the Earth's surface we are. Weather balloons and radiosondes record information from the surface to the top of the atmosphere. We look at slices of certain increments like 850 millibars, 700 millibars, 500 millibars, 200 millibars, and 100 millibars to see what's going on in those regions. Then we can determine what's going on in the whole column, like CAPE. Let's just talk about the three main types right now. There's SB CAPE, or surface-based CAPE, and that's essentially the amount of energy available at the surface. ML CAPE, or mean layer CAPE, is most commonly used to assess instability during the part of the day when the atmosphere is well mixed, like in the afternoon and it may provide a more realistic picture of daytime instability than the surface-based cape, as it will typically look at the temperature and the moisture conditions in the lowest 100 millibars of the atmosphere. MU cape, or most unstable cape, is most commonly used to assess elevated instability and is useful in forecasting nocturnal thunderstorms when a low-level inversion might be present. It can also be useful in forecasting thunderstorms that might occur out ahead of a warm front where low-level inversions tend to be present. Although there are different algorithms to calculate it, MU-CAPE typically is found by lifting every layer in the lowest 300 millibars of the atmosphere and finding the CAPE for each of those layers. The layer that produces the highest CAPE value is the most unstable, or MU-CAPE. Now, I know all that sounds rather geeky, so let me give you an explanation in layman's terms. I focus heavily on the SB cape, or surface base, when looking at the maps because it gives me a good idea of where the energy is at the surface. Let's say you have a pot of water with a lid on it, and it's sitting on the stove. While the heat is off, the water in the pot is stable. However... When you turn the heat on, then things start changing inside the pot. 
the water heats up and converts some of the water into steam and the pressure starts building. Translated to the atmosphere, this is energy or cape. The amount of energy depends on how high the burner is on. So if it's on low, then that would be like a 500 cape. Medium would be more like 1 to 2,000 cape. And on high would be 3,000 or higher. I've seen cape as high as 7,000 before. So since the lid is on, it's keeping all the energy inside the pot. The lid on the pot is what we call sin or convective inhibition. You've heard of a cap in the atmosphere? Well, that's the lid on the pot. The lid is preventing the warm air or the steam from escaping. Thunderstorms can't develop when there's a cap because it prevents air from rising and you need rising air to create convection. We've all heard the phrase, if the cap can break, then severe weather's likely. To explain this concept, let's go back to the stove with the pot of boiling water and the lid on it. Now, imagine if you grab the lid and quickly remove it from the pot. What do you see? You'll see the pressure releasing and steam rapidly rising up in the air. Essentially, this is what happens when the cap is broken. The warm and moist air at the surface breaks through that cap and shoots way up in the atmosphere. It quickly condenses and creates a thunderstorm. The explosion of this warm and moist air shooting upwards is what we call a robust updraft. Now, when the sun sets, we lose daytime heating, or, in essence, we turn the burner off of the stove. When we do that, the water in the pot begins to stabilize and calm down, and we can equate that to the surface air cooling. The robust updrafting slows down and stops, and the thunderstorm begins to collapse. This is why thunderstorms generally rain themselves out around sunset as they start to lose the daytime heating. They start losing their energy source. There are several other factors in determining if severe weather could occur, but looking at CAPE is a great way to start. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And that should be everything you need to know about energy, CAPE, the Convective Available Potential Energy, SB, ML, and MU. Uh, and then there's downdraft, and yeah, well, you know, listen to the weather school, you know. So it's time to get to the next segment, which is in other news. And I, I got to pick your brain on this, Corey, because I saw an article that said that we could be in big La Nina by fall. Now, I saw another article that said a big El Nino by fall. And then I looked to the Climate Prediction Center, and it said neutral position through fall. So what's your spin? Um, <laughs> I'm leaning more towards uh, neutral until I see a big uh, signal, because I haven't yet, really. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, if, if, if anything, 
I, I think we're going to be neutral, maybe lean towards La Nina, because some of the, the, the hurricane people, the hurricane uh, prediction places are kind of leaning that way. So I'm, I'll put a little weight on there, but I'm just going to watch what the Climate Prediction Center says. So I thought, well, that's, uh, so, so we'll see. But if it, that does happen, that's really going to change everything. You know, with the cooler temperatures in the Pacific, it's going to be warmer temperatures, which we kind of talked about that the last couple of podcasts or whatever. So I think the jury's still out. I'm not going to make any decision right now. Yeah. It but, wouldn't surprise me if the ocean wouldn't warm up because the ocean down in the, you know, the Gulf of Mexico is way warmer than it should be right now. And, yeah, and yeah. there's other other parts of the area. And, you know, parts of Oklahoma have already hit 100 Southwest Oklahoma. I've already hit 100 degrees this year. Lots of Texas has. Over oh yeah yeah one, over 100. And, and yeah. didn't uh, California or the Southwest have like uh, what was it Los Angeles or San Francisco? Somebody had like in 90s or something like that. Just crazy. It's pretty crazy. And and we did get a message from our buddy Stewart, our Alaskan, oh, yeah. our Ozark transplant up there. In Alaska, he yeah. he reported to us that the uh, temperature yesterday at North Pole, eighty two degrees at North Pole, Alaska. You're kidding me. Eighty. You know he 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 mentioned this uh, a while back when we interviewed him. How it does get up into the eighties, and mm-hmm. it is kind of early for that, but it is uh, warming up up there for but sure. They were all, they were much warmer than we were for sure yesterday. Well, I think I think. It, I mean, 80s in Alaska should be more like in August, don't you think? Not May. Well, yeah, I would think. <laughs> so, of course, now they are headed into that time where the sun, you know, doesn't pretty much doesn't set, right? Yes, I saw this this article at weathernationtv.com. It said uh, Utkiakvig. I actually looked at, I Googled yeah, the I pronunciation know. of that. So, yeah, it's Utkiakvig. U-T-Q-I-A-G-V-I-K. Alaska. Starting today, the sun won't set again until August. So, yeah. Utkiakvig. That just has to be, this has to be a strange. <laughs> you have to have those blackout curtains to go to sleep. I would. I, I just don't think, yeah, I don't think, because if I wake up well, in the but morning. he said it's not broad daylight, though. It's not remember? broad daylight. He said that it's just kind of like our dusk or. Well, like a twilight type a of thing. Bright moonlit But it doesn't night. go away. The sun never sets, meaning it never goes, that in that part of Alaska, it never goes, you know, below the, the horizon. You know, it's 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 but always going to be there. it's not how we would think of being like midday, two right. in the afternoon. Right, yeah. Out. Well, I mean, I, I don't know where Ukyakvig is. I'm going to uh, guess it's north. Yeah, north of the Arctic Circle. Yeah, because anything. Yeah. But you know what? I don't, I don't know. Maybe, Shara or Corey, you can look at that while I'm, I keep blabbing here. But it's like, it, is North Pole, Alaska, above the Arctic Circle? Or do we know that? Not sure. Okay. You would have to look that up. Well, you look that up and I'll keep talking. So, <laughs> yes, U-T-Q-I-A-G-V-I-K. Ukyakvig. Utkiagvik, Alaska. And I, for some odd reason, that seems like some kind of uh, city that's way north, maybe close to Barrow or something, because you're getting into the more native type thing. But if the sun won't set, and Stuart is, and Stuart even and said something that they were, oh, I'm going to get this wrong because I don't have it in front of me. But he was saying 
that the 82 degrees in Alaska was warmer than, I think, like St. Petersburg, Florida at the same time or something like that. Uh, it, it, it did a comment on our on our Facebook page, so I'm not quite sure <laughs> if that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, or not, but yeah, Alaska is now warmer than a lot of the southern Crazy. states. Crazy, I know. So, what did you find out? Anything from? Um, spell it again. Okay. <laughs> I U- thought Corey was looking it up. Uh, no, U T Q I A G, and it should fill it in if you Google it. Okay. I'm just not quite sure where. <laughs> It's not an, a, an English name. Utkiagvig. Yeah, I went to several YouTube things like, how do I pronounce this? Because I wanted to impress you guys and make you think I was really smart and all of our listeners. And But our listeners really know that I'm not really that smart. Well, I'm looking at a, a picture of the place. I mean, they have actual dwellings and houses there, so people are living that far Oh, north. how cool. It has to be cold because, you it know. It's the largest city of the North Slope Borough in the U.S. state of Alaska. It's located north of Borough. the Arctic Circle. North, yep, there you go. It is one of the northernmost public communities in the world. Oh, really? It's the northernmost city in the United States. The northernmost city in the United... So, so it's more northern than... Way up there on the edge. Yeah, because I thought Barrow, Alaska was the most northern. I guess... It says it's formally known as Barrow. It's in the Barrow area. Oh, really? Same place. Barrow's a huge place, but... Well, see there, you heard it. sized city, but but it's in the same vicinity, I think. Wow, because... Yeah, because Barrow is way up there, like a little tip or whatever. Okay, I'm going to have to... That's where this is at. This is up there on the tip of Alaska. I'm going to Google Earth that after the podcast. That, that's fascinating me now because... Well, how about that? See, you learn all sorts of stuff here on Storm Door Weather yep. Podcast. <laughs> okay, well, it's almost time for the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. It's the Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week. So Shara is going to do that, and it's really easy this week. So what is our Stormdar Weather? I looked. Oh, well, you know, it's to, easy. Trying to get Corey to get the phone open here. <laughs> um, retrograde. Yeah. Which means... That's an easy one for me. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, usually used to denote the movement of a weather system in a direction opposite to that of the normal flow in which the system is embedded. Right. And I've seen that a lot. We've had like a, uh, a huge... Uh, an example would be like when we've had one of these tropical systems come up from the Gulf and they, they kind of go up and uh, I, I forget the name of which system it was, but it'd go up towards Missouri and then take a ride and then it would go kind of upwards, uh, to ten, uh, you know, go to Tennessee and then it would go up to Illinois and then it would kind of come back a little. It kind of came back. I remember that where it came back good to go west. Tropical systems and low-pressure systems in the northern hemisphere in the U.S. generally do not go west. They go east, or they go northeast, or they go southeast. they have got that easterly flow. So when you get something that's kind of going backwards, uh, that's called a retrograde. So it's a pretty easy storm or weather, weather word of the week. So thank you for that, Shara. So Okay. So it's going to get wet this week. Yeah. How do you think? How much do you think we're going to get? I mean, by next podcast, next week. Just shot in the dark. 
2.86. Really? You know what's Rain? weird? Yeah. That's it? I'm going to go the opposite. I it was gonna rain I'm going to say day. close to five. I, I don't know Good. why, but I've got this. Well, I didn't take into account the five different waves. And, you know, maybe <laughs> you're right. Well, I'm, I'm being cautiously optimistic because I always get disappointed because I like the heavy rains. Except we've been yeah. walking every night, and if it's going to rain, we're going to get wet. We're going to be getting having some soggy walks. <laughs> soggy walking. <laughs> Well, and, and true, and like one of these waves that comes through could only drop like a quarter of an inch. So you know, I just keep watching those those daily or bi daily rain forecast change, and now you know that's the weather prediction center, which you showed me or, or made me aware of tonight. That now it's shifting over. I don't know. I'm just gonna say. We'll say five, but we have this documented on the podcast. So you think two point eight five approximately? <laughs> yeah, that may be a little low. Oh, okay, eight seven. Because yeah, I, I wanted, I, I'm just saying that so I don't get disappointed because I like the rain. No, I I'd get love it. To get four inches of rain. I'm I, just saying not that all at once. No, that's the thing. No, not at all. Just throughout the whole week with all these multiple rounds. No, I totally, totally get it. I don't. I, I don't know. I just, I just think. Well, we'll see. Next week, we'll. I'm going to write that down. So we're going to, going to see. So you said 2.85, and I said, what do you, what do you think we're going to get, Shara, by next podcast? I don't know. We're, we're just guessing. I don't know anything about rain? But we're just guessing, you know. I do know that it was. If it's going to be like it was today, it was a very light rain all day. Like you had to really look to even see that it was raining. You know what? What did yeah. I say? 2.85. I'm, I'm going to change my... Mods, okay. I was going to go in the middle, so what are you going I'm not that? going with 3.86. Three. See, I was going to go in the middle. I was going to be like, oh, well, since you said two and you said five, I'm going to say three. All right. So he so, say that because we've already got six-tenths of an inch today, and there's a lot more out there. So. Oh, gosh. If you see radar right now, it is right. lit up. Yeah. That's why I changed my answer. Okay. So, Sherry, you're in the middle... I'm so, going in the middle. So 4.25, basically? Sure. Okay. <laughs> we should, you know, we, we need to have some kind of contest. But the, but the deciding factor would be the Stormdar weather station that we have uh, uh, asphyxiated on top of my roof. Uh, asphyxiated? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the air quality up there not very good. Yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> Got trees and everything with that pollen. So we'll, well they see. have issued our flash flood, you know, or not flash flood, but our flood watches for for southern Missouri. So mm-hmm. they're saying the potential's there. Uh, as soon as we get off uh, the podcast, we need to update our graphic because they have just included uh, Green County in that. Oh, they oh counties. they did. Oh, we need to take a look at that. Okay, yeah, we need. I need to make an update on that. Well, you know, that's probably a good a good exit from the podcast. So, <laughs> so we need to update our site, let people know. So, Sherry, you got anything else? I am good. You're good, Corey. You just did the thing. Uh, yep, we're done. We're done. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. 
Well, that does it for this time. So join us next week for the soggy next edition of the Stormdar Weather Coming on.